Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. You're listening to McNamara on Money. We are back for hour two. My name is Kirk Reed, joined today by Mike McNamara. The topic today is your investments, be brave or be poor. And this is part, so I looked up, I looked up the German for, so German, and German too is zwei. Zwei, actually I think I would have remembered that. Thank you. All right, so this is part zwei. Zwei. Zwei, yeah, yeah. That's about, yeah, that's my best, that's my best German. (laughs) Okay, so we were, we talked about bonds and the risks facing those. We've been talking talking about stocks and the risks facing those. The quick summary is that, you know, stocks are how you grow your money, right, over time. That's how you become wealthier after, you know, after you consider taxes and inflation. But maybe there's a maybe there's a happy medium, right, depending on your your age and circumstance. And we talked about, yeah, we talked about the S&P 500 going back 30 years. What did we figure about? About close to eight percent per year, right? Was the return F- figure more than inflation? More than inflation, and sometimes right? that a was bunch more than inflation. Okay, yeah. So yeah, what, what we say the spread was, yeah, the spread was probably what seven seven percent plus or minus. Yeah, the growth, you know, growth versus inflation. Yeah, so that was that was kind of where we left off. Historically, you got to like the odds. All right, so where are we headed next? Well, re- very micro quick summary. When you earn, the only way you get wealthy is to make more money than in taxes and inflation take away from you. And by the way, I'm sorry, those are your two biggest risks. Write that down. It's as simple as that. The risks that people worry about in, in owning companies are default going out of business. No worries. Buy thousands and thousands of them. That lessens that considerably. The other risk that comes with owning companies or stocks is that they have been known to fluctuate around their intrinsic value for either greed reasons or fear reasons, and it never makes sense and it scares the heck out of us. It's called volatility. Folks, that's that's what you get paid for. And I guess the last is to deal with the volatility, by the way, emotionally, but also financially. We're going to kind of get into how you can deal with that. And, and may, I don't care if you're 85, you can deal with stock market volatility. Okay. It, it, in certain, based on your financial situation yeah. and preparedness. Okay. So anyway, the, 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 I guess the other, yeah. So make more than taxes and inflation take away from you. That's how you get wealthy or at least preserve your wealth between owning quality companies and yep, some real estate from time to time. That's not our area of expertise. So that those are historically interesting places, but they don't come with the G word guarantee. And that's just kind of how it is. So I've got this relatively poor example, but it was the best I could come up with here. But okay. So imagine a tree, really big tree and a really old one that's been around for like a really long time. By the way, cypress trees can live like four or 500 years. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Some, some of those, some of the trees down in Florida and some of those places are three, four, 500 years old. Okay. And there's probably longer living, but imagine a really big, really long living tree. Okay. 
and it it grew slowly. <laughs> over, we okay with that I, statement? I, I imagine it grew slowly yeah. over time. Well, you know. Maybe there was a couple of lightning storms and it was on fire for a little time. Or maybe somebody whacked off a branch or maybe another tree fell on it and hurt it a little bit. But lots of bad things kind of happened to that tree over time, but it's like still hanging around. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that's the, you know, by the way, sometimes you have heavy rainy seasons and it grows a little faster. Sometimes you have a drought and it, maybe it shrinks or maybe it doesn't grow at all or whatever. But that that's kind of like how you have to look at your investments. It's kind of a long-term thing. And, and, you know, over time, you know, the other good thing about owning companies is that time reduces that risk because it gives your companies more time to grow and, and make more money and just kind of spread out that risk. But anyway, that, that's the best I can, I can get. Okay. We're, we're wired. Okay. We're absolutely wired wrong about how we look at volatility. Let's see, upward volatility. Oh, my company's worth more than it's really worth today because people are greedy and they're stupid and they're buying stuff. Well, you ought to be nervous about that, folks, <laughs> because those temporarily good news things probably go away sometime. The other side of that is, oh, my company's worth a lot less than it was last week, or a lot less than its intrinsic value, because people don't think the company's going to do well, or the recession is coming, or you know, pick, pick your bad news scenario. Well, did I just miss something, or is the price of that company below what it's really worth because of that situation? And that makes you afraid that, that it went down? Well, it probably shouldn't. We're just not wired that way, and we're trying to do our best here. But anyway, so that's that's it. The, the, the trick is to own lots of companies for a long time and don't get too emotional about them and be financially set up to be able to do that, and that's where we're going next, okay? And, okay, and, I'm done. And, okay. you know, on, yeah. the, on the sticking with the, uh, you know, the tree analogy, you know, one of the, you know, one of the, virtues of being a good investor is you have to be patient, right? Yes. So, you know, it's, it's also necessary. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you got to you got to let it you got to give it time to grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sticking with your analogy and that's you know, that's not always easy, but that... Right. What, in our instantaneous world, where yeah. we, where, where all information is available next week, we, we, our next minute, we watch wars unfold on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, I uh, want it all, I want it now. Oh, I have to be patient? Patience. About my money. Patience. Mm. Patience is a virtue, right? Mm. That's, 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 it that's sure a, is. It that's, sure that's, is. That's a, that is a key piece of an investor, you know, the investor formula. Key piece. Okay, so what do I do with my life and, and my plans for the future and my money. How, how, do I, how do I deal with these risks? How do I get in a position to be braver than I thought I used to have to be, to be okay, as in owning more companies and maybe a few less bonds in your life? How, you know, how, do, you, how do you get ready for that? Or what are the consequences if you choose to, to stay with guaranteed investments that are probably going to shrink your wealth over time. You know, what, what are the trade-offs? How's that all that? So this is the, I'm a human being. This is my life. What am I going to do about them? And how can I plan for that? So I, I guess as certified financial planner practitioners, I guess we ought to talk, talk about some planning things here. So, so this section is called planning questions for you, as in who's listening here. So... Oh, let's see. I'm conservative. I don't want to take a, a risk. I'm going to go do a buy a CD and whatever the heck. That, wait a minute. What is it? Two weeks ago. Let's see. Five-year CD 
on August 14, 2022. 0.71% courtesy of Bankrate. I'm going to Go buy a guaranteed 0.71% CD with all my money next week and sleep sweet well for the rest of my life, okay? So so b- b- bottom line is, okay, if, if you have a plan, if you're already retired, you probably want to have a, a plan to survive financially for the rest, for the rest of your life. I, I hope you do. Probably. Well, yeah, or if you're not retired, you probably have a plan to accumulate enough wealth Okay, so that you can actually have a plan to be okay for the rest of your life when you get to that retirement thing, right? So that's kind of like big, a biggie for mo- yeah. mo- most folks listening to us. Well, then the, the question I, I think people need to ask, that, that we, we ask people, you know, how, you know, here's the risk questionnaire. How, how do you feel about risk? But we never asked them how much they need to re- return, okay, to, to make their life work. You know, so, so I, I think the question shouldn't be, well, how much risk does this investment have? I think it should be based on what I can save and how old I am, what do I have to earn in my money to live the life I want to live when I'm retired? What do you think the odds of, what percentage of the population think have the answer to that and know that? Pretty small. Pretty small. Pretty small. That's why we're doing this show, right? Mm-hmm. So, folks, did you ever think that your investment return has to be at a certain level for you to be okay, either now <laughs> or at some point in the future. Hmm, that's a that's a different approach than I'm going into investing and I'm concerned about the risk. Maybe you ought to go into investing being concerned about how much you have to earn to be okay. Yeah, do yeah. I have that backwards? Yeah, no, or, or is, that, no. is that okay? Or what? I mean, most. I would say I don't know what you know. I would say probably 90, 90% of the people that, that come in, yeah. you know, they, they start off by saying, I'm conservative. There you go. Right? There, are, there, yeah. are, there are a handful of people that say, I'm okay with risk. Not you know, a lot. But, but most people, are, yep. you know, they, they, I'm conservative. Yeah. So, what, yeah, so what does that mean? Yeah. Right? And so then you have to dive a little deeper and kind of show them, you know, historical yeah. returns yeah. and volatility yeah. around different types of investments yeah. and and then also what you know what the potential earnings are because yep. I think yeah there's a big disconnect between wanting to be conservative and, and, and also need. and also wanting to earn enough yeah. to, to make things work what do you need exactly and so so folks I think you need to start with that question and and then once you get to that answer and you see the risk that's involved well, at least you have a better perspective to look, look at that risk and see how you feel about it. Maybe you say, I guess I have to take that risk, and that's just the way it is. Or maybe you say, I'm still really uncomfortable. What am I going to do differently if I don't earn what I need to earn? And, and that's kind of where we're going here okay. sort of thing. So, so you know, you, you have to come at your plan for life with, you know, what is your situation and if you're not retired, how much can I save? Okay, what what kind of life do I want to live? Do the math and presto, some kind of a return pops up there, okay? If you start from the risk and don't pay any attention to the return, you're probably going to pick the safe, guaranteed, conservative route and you're probably going to find it really, really difficult to build some wealth, and you may find yourself shrinking some wealth. I mean, let's face it. If you if you invest all your money for the rest of your life at 0.71% and a guarantee CD forever, how are you doing? What's, what's your life look like? Mm-hmm. How much can you afford to see your 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 wealth shrink? You know, so the, the question for folks who are retired 
is that they have to earn 5% but are comfortable earning 2 Well, so what? what's the result of that? What's the risk to you if that happens? And the, the risk is that your capital starts to shrink pretty fast given mm-hmm. the circumstances. Well, is that a risk? You know, wh- wh- which risk did you want to worry about? You're, you know, I don't know. Our, our job as financial planners, certified financial planner practitioners, is to do all the math and show people the what ifs you did this and if you what if you did that. And then if they have all the information they need to make a well-reasoned decision. And if they decide they want to earn 0.71 and they're comfortable with their money shrinking because they go to sleep at night, we're okay with that, folks. Okay, but you need to know the consequences of being conservative and whether they work or not in your life. That's all. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest variable is longevity, yeah. right? Um, you know, how, how long you're going to live. Yeah. And, and nobody knows that. And, you know, but that that is that is really what it boils down to. And so if yep. you know, especially when it comes to inflation, yep. right? Because yep. if you live a lot longer than anticipated, yep. that's more time for inflation to add up and, and and grow and compound. And and if you're ultra conservative, that might that might catch up with you at some point. Yeah, yeah. There are uh, I think there are like only three returns people need to focus on, and and, and the one in the middle is, okay, I'm retired. I already have all the money I need to be. All I want to do is preserve the money that I have and its buying power about what it does. So your survival return or preservation return, wealth preservation preservation return, it has to be as much as you need so that when you subtract inflation and taxes from it, you're zero, but it, you preserved it. So, so, so folks, the return, if you want to preserve your existing wealth, you have to earn at least as much, you have to earn exactly as much as inflation and, take, and taxes take away from you. So that's, this is new, I'm thinking about this as I'm going along here. So that's your preservation return, okay? I got to remember that name too, okay. Well then, if, if you don't have enough if you're if you're not retired and if you don't have enough money already to retire then i guess you have to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you to hopefully get wherever you want to go somewhere down the line mm-hmm. so so I, I i guess let's see we need a name for that what would you call that this is your well, that's, that's, I mean, I don't know, that's growth. I yeah, mean, growth return. Yeah. So this is your growth return. It's got to be more than taxes and inflation it's take not, away from you. Not, it's not just preservation. Yeah. It's, it's growth. It's yeah. above and beyond. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, there's got to be something left. And by the way, how much do you need left will, I guess, determine how, how, what that return has to be. So, so there's your pres- wealth preservation return. There's I need to grow my wealth return. Okay, if you look at the math and say, I'm not comfortable with either of those two returns. And I, I, I'm, if, if people aren't, by the way, I think if they got more educated, they might be, but I'll just leave that alone. If for some reason or other, you just can't do that, and there are folks out there that can, I don't think there are as many as there are. With a little education, I think we could help them out, but mm-hmm. that's another story. So if, if you just can't stomach the return that you need to do that, then I guess you have to be prepared, okay, for either a shrinking income or shrinking wealth or whatever. And, and if you have enough, 
and, and to be okay with that. And if you die, it, it, well, then you plan to die so that you didn't run out of money. That, that's perfectly fine. You, know, you get all this equity in your home if you don't spend, if, you, if you're comfortable spending it on your survival because you need to, I think that's great. I've, I've got no problem with that. And, and if, if leaving a legacy to your children is not an issue, and by the way, you know, preserving your situation should be primary, then, then we're, we're perfectly fine with that. We, we have a number of folks. We work with lots of motivated folks, and some of them are shrinking their capital base because they can't afford, they can't live on the income. And folks, this is not an unusual situation. I want to be really clear about that. So, so there's three returns. There's your preserve what I have return, grow what I don't have return, or shrink what I have and hope it works. I mean, <laughs> I, okay. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, okay. That, that, that's where it is. Well, so so where are those returns today? So let's see. What, inflation is three. We'll uh, make up some numbers well, here. It's more than that currently. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm saying, but let's make up some numbers just so that people know the numbers aren't going to work for everybody yep. and they're not real, but the math is what it's important. So what are you saying? So, that we'll assume, so let's see. Okay. assume 3% well, going yeah, forward? Yeah, let's assume 3%. As an, as an average. Sure. And let's assume oh, 20% in taxes. That's probably high for a lot of folks, but, but it might not be. So I, it it doesn't matter. We're just going to do the math, yep. folks, and you do your own math. Sure. Okay. So, so whatever you earn, you got to subtract 20% off the top. Okay, for taxes, and what's left has to equal 3%. Okay. I got that right? Yep. All right, so what's that? 4% is 25. If you had 4, you took 20% away from 4. So, okay, that's not that's yeah. not quite 1. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Okay, sort of thing. Okay, but just get your calculator okay, out there. Yeah. Okay, so so if, if you had to pay 20% from your return, it's, it's a little below 4, I'm going to guess. If you had to pay 20% of your return yep. in taxes yep. and net 3%, what is it? About three point eight? You know, three point seven? Let's see. We want to get. What was this, it? Three. Three is our. Yeah. Use three point seven five and take twenty percent of that. What do you got? Or or, or three is eighty percent of what? Three uh, is. Uh, well, four. Yeah. You need to start with four. Yeah. To get to get to get to three. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Twenty percent of four is twenty five. Twenty five percent. Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 it's less than four. Yeah. Okay. okay. So try three point. Well, we, we divide three by point eight. What do you got? 3.75. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, think it, I was doing 20. Yeah. I think I did 20. Yeah. Folks, this is really important. So, so if inflation for the rest of your life is three, yeah. and if you pay 20% of what you earn in taxes, then it's really easy. You have to earn 3.75% per year. Take away 20%. You got three yeah. and you got three, you kept up. So that's your preservation. That's your break-even. Return. That's your break-even in that world. You know, uh, the numbers we made up, go find out your own number. You need to know that, folks, because because you get three choices. Okay, preservation, grow it, or shrink it. And, and and as long as you do the math right, any of them work, depending on the circumstances. So, so where do you go get 3.75% today? Not a CD. There, there's no place in the bond world that you can do that today. Mm-hmm. None, none whatsoever. Or in the savings world. Hint, Hint, sort of a thing. Well, wait a minute. There's risk involved in that. Hint, hint. Yes, there is risk, and you need to think about that. Did we talk about there was something on there about like high yield bonds? Did we talk yeah. about that? Ah, that's uh, that's dribble in that. Just don't don't own too many of them as a short story. So anyway, what the 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 real question is, what return do you need? 
Do you need an I can you what can return can you afford? Can you afford a shrink return? Do you want to have a break-even return or do you want to have a growth return? That's where you got to start before you figure out how much risk you're comfortable with. You might be real uncom you might be very comfortable with risk when you start looking at the life alternatives right. with what's your return. That's all. You, you need to put those in perspective. In second place. Okay. So so what do you do? If if you choose the shrinkage return, and by the way, you choose by default, folks. Then, then if you're a saver, what can you do about that? If, if you're not yet retired and you're conservative, I guess you better save more. Save more. Yeah. And the risk to that is your lifestyle. Right. Right? What, current, what current, risk do you want to talk current, about? Current lifestyle yeah. versus future lifestyle. Yeah. There, right? there you go. As, as long as people analyze all those moving pieces and do the math, whatever decisions they make, I'm, I'm fine with that. But most people don't sit down and do that. But I want, okay. I want it all and I want it now. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the motto for yeah. this country. So anyway, what are the risks to your life if you feel this way about risk on your investments. And that's the braver part, you know, that, that's the hook for the show title, I guess. Another thing that's kind of interesting is that, like, right now, I'm going to guess that if you bought the 500 biggest companies in America, dividend yield on the S&P 500, take a shot at that while I'm talking here, but, okay, but yeah. I'm going to guess that right now, if you just bought, if you just had one investment and it was a standard Poor's 500, and you looked at the current dividend that that was paying, it's like less than 2%. Can you, any, you got a number there? Mm, yeah, first uh, thing that popped up was like 1.7. There you go, perfect. Let, let's use two to round it off just to make a point. Don't hold us to the exact math, folks. But if you, if you owned the 500 biggest companies in America and they paid 2%, could you live on that? Most people can't. Right. If you owned a 30-year government bond on August 14th of 2022, it paid 3.1 or 2%. Can you live on that? No. Mm -hmm. can't, can't do it sort of a thing. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so the point I want to make before the real quick break we have to take is most people just can't live on the dividends and interest from their portfolio. Hmm, I guess it better grow. It better grow. You've been listening to McNamara on Money, Kirk Reed and Mike McNamara. We are going to take a break and we'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed, one of the financial advisors at McNamara Financial in Marshfield and Chelmsford. No, Chelmsford. Where's the office? Chelmsford, right? You got it. Satellite yeah. office, not headquarters. Satellite. Marshfield is the Marshfield is the big kahuna. Global headquarters. That's right. That is Mike McNamara joining me today. We've been talking about your investments be brave or be poor. We've been talking about inflation and taxes and how they take away a big chunk of your returns. And if you have all bonds, that's probably not going to work, but it depends on your situation. And you probably need you probably need some stocks as part of your portfolio in order to in order to keep up with those with those items, the taxes and inflation. So we right before the break we were talking about well, you know, 
depending on your, you know, your risk tolerance, you know, conservative, aggressive, whatever it may be. Well, but the, the real question is, what do you need to earn? You know, what do you need to earn on your money to get where you want to be? You know, do you need to grow your money? because you're, you know, you're a few years, you know, away from retirement. And so maybe you need to have a little bit more risk, aka more stocks. Are you in a place where you're already retired and, you know, you're taking money, but you want to keep on track so that your, you know, your money can keep pace with taxes and inflation. And so what do you need to earn for that? And, and by we, the way, no. In a 3% inflation world with a 20% tax bracket, yep. you need to earn 3.75% per year to be even in that world and preserve your wealth. 3.75 just to stay even. Stay even. Right. And we talked about, yeah, the 30-year treasury, 3.12% was a was a fairly recent number on that. Yep. So that's that's not going to do it. Yep. So, yeah. So if you're, if you're in a place where you're trying to preserve what you have you know, taxes and inflation and, and withdrawals, you know, 3.75 is your, is your bogey, right? Just, just to stay even. If that's for you. So, you know, the, the question you ask is not how much risk is in the investment. You ask how much do I have to earn to be, a, then you can look at the risk to your investments and your life if you don't like that risk with your investments. That's you, all. You know, so that's, you know, yeah. so that's, you know, so that's our job, right? Yeah. When we work with folks is yep. to show them, you know, we can kind of back into that number. A client comes in, they tell us, here's what we have. Here's what our expenses are. So then we start doing the math on, well, well how, is, how is inflation going to affect that over yep. the rest of your life? And, and then we kind of, you know, you can kind of back into, well, what do you need to earn to make that math work? And then we, and then we can say, okay, well, historically, in order to achieve that type of return, you need this type of investment mixture of stocks and bonds or, or whatever it may be. And so we can, we can do that math. And it's, and if it ends up being, if, if the number comes up back and it says, well, 10% yeah. or 15% is what you need to earn. Well, be a problem. that's, that's tough to do. And so you might have, we might have to adjust yeah. some other things. Yeah. Here, here's the, here's a simple way to look at that folks. So right now, if you bought, I'll, I'll round off, bear with me. If you bought a 30 year government bond, you're in just a shade over 3% per year. And if you bought the S&P 500, the dividends are a little bit less than 2%, but I'll just use the three and the two. If you're retired and, and you can live on either 2% or 3%, then either one of those things work for you, I guess. We didn't get to the inflation part, but that's okay. But m most folks can't live on just the income that's produced in their portfolio. So either you have to have some growth or your portfolio shrinks, pick, you know, pick one, and you decide which is more risky, and then maybe you rethink how that all works. But anyway, so, so now, okay, now we're gonna talk about, so what do folks do about all this thing? This is in their financial situation. You, know, you have to be in an emotional position to take risk, but you also have to be in a financial position to be able to take risk. And here's the deal, if, you're, if you have to get braver to make yourself work, if you're retired, so here's some ways that you can financially deal with maybe more risk than you have. And the first way is, okay, if you're retired, you're probably taking income from your portfolio. So the first way is that if you had two or three years worth of income that you needed, like in the bank, set aside guaranteed, I, I guess you didn't have to worry about the stock market for two or three years. So, so, so one way to deal with risk is to have enough income, future income set aside for you to be able to wait out bad times to get better. And the specific risk we're talking about yeah. here is the, is the volatility. Is the volatility, yep, that, right. that deals with the volatility risk. And, and so, 
you can't predict this stuff, but you can get prepared for it. Oh, well, let's see. I've got three years' worth of income in, in here. The average stock market downturn in the last 50 years is 13, 14 months. By the way, that's pretty close. Huh, I think I'm good. So that I can take a little extra risk that I know I need to take to be okay. Okay, the, the other thing you can do, and this, this is would be for people who are not retired, but also for retired folks, everybody needs emergency money, liquidity. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're saving money going forward and you're heavily invested in stocks, companies, as you should be if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s, if, if that's the case, it will, if something bad happens like unemployment, job layoff or, you know, catastrophe medically or whatever, you might need two or three years worth of income to be okay or to supplement. And so that's where emergency reserves come in. And, and you certainly should have that in retirement as well. So my point is, if you have enough income, if it's needed, or liquidity, everybody needs liquidity, to buy two or three years of protection against bad stuff, well, then you're in great shape mm -hmm. to take more risk if you need to, given the circumstances. So you can you can kind of plan for this stuff, folks. You can't predict it, but go ahead. I mean, and I wouldn't say necessarily to take more risk, but just, just but really to, this is if how you... If you're not taking this, enough already. This, yeah. is, this is how you deal with the volatility. Yeah, how you yes. deal with the volatility. So, so deal with the volatility by yeah. having cash. Yep cash that you can live off of for probably yeah so one to two years you said or even even more if yeah. you know if it makes you feel comfortable yep. you know two years is probably a pretty good you know average or yep. so, somewhere in the middle yep. that you can you know you can let your investments be you know be volatile yeah. because, yep. because they're, they're going to be I mean that, yep. there's no way around that if you know that you can live for the next three years without looking at a financial newspaper and, and, and you don't have to sell stocks while they're down to get income. If you kind of know that, well, there's there's some peace of mind there. There's, you know, a little, a little ability to be maybe a bit more comfortable. So, and folks, that's just how you need to be. You need to be able to be financially be able to do that. So, you know, that one way to deal with it is to have liquidity and income. Well, but, you know, let's see. That's easy to say and hard to do. But, you know, the, the nice part, okay, is that we said a, a couple of segments ago, and we'll say it again, that the more time you have to own companies, the better off you are. So if you, if you had enough liquidity, if you had enough income set aside, and you go through one bad time, and then maybe a second one, all of a sudden, it gets a little less scary because you survived sort of a thing. So for, from an emotional point of view, if you actually, you can say all the stuff you want and you can plan all the stuff you want, but until you go through a down market, and preferably two or three, mm -hmm. until you go through that and survive, well, that makes it a lot less scary as you go on in life. And, and that's, you know, well, you've seen the, the clients I've known for 25 or 30 years. You, you don't have to be real smart to be a financial advisor. You just have to talk people into holding stuff long enough for you to be okay. There you go, folks. That's the, that's the secret. But it's really hard to do for a whole lot of people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's great great when you can when you have that ex those experiences that you can look back on and say, yeah. hey, remember when, yeah. when this happened and we were down, yeah. you know, 20% yeah. or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. And then guess what? Yep. You know, it, it came back and now you're up, you know, X percent more yep. because, you know, because we stuck with the strategy. Yep. We're comfortable that, that that's going to be the case. And nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the future, but we have history that we can we can sort of lean on as, as a guide. Yep. And that's the best thing. And, that and if you got some personal history behind you, that's even better. And a good recent example is what happened in 2020 when COVID broke out in February and March. 
and the stock market went down, I think it was about 30%. 34%, okay. like 23 days. It I was, think, yeah, something. it was some it, stupid time. It, it, yeah. it was down a lot in, in, in a very short period of time, which mm-hmm. is very scary, right? Yep. And people were nervous. How long is this going to last? What is this disease, right? So there's always something oh. that causes a market downturn. There's usually some major event, and they all have different names. But we, but we, but it's the same story, right? It's the same ending, and oh. a, and actually, this one, it's different this time. It's never different right, this that's, time. Yeah, that, that's the doom and gloom. Yep. It's different this time. Yeah. It's, it's not going to recover. But in twenty twenty, <laughs> so the S and P was down thirty four percent at the beginning part of the year, and then it ended up earning, I think, yeah. seven or eight yeah. percent for yeah. the year. Who knew? Right? Yeah. So that's a pretty good, yeah. just a recent example yeah. of how things can. It's temporary. It's temporary. Another way to look at well. What are you going to do about this, folks? We can spend some time on this. Financial markets are going to do what they do. It's what people do about their investments in those times that's what's really the problem. Markets go up, markets go down. Over the long run, they've been going up, and you can plan and prepare for that. that, that that's simple. You, you can. But history says that people, most people do the wrong thing at the wrong time. It, it's, it's not the markets that cause problems, it's people's behavior around those markets that cause problems. Sometimes pretty scary economic damage to your retirement plan. So th- th- you can't control the markets, you can prepare for them. You can theoretically control your behavior with education and practice, but that's, uh, you know, that's not the case for a whole lot of folks because people keep making bad mistakes about that. Yeah. And that's a significant part of our job, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Is like 85% of our be, job. Be, behave, behavior <laughs> modification. Yeah. That's, or, what, that's or what, don't, what we do. Yeah, don't yeah. let people make mistakes or try to talk them out of it or whatever. Right. So let's see. The markets are down. Are they cheaper and I should buy more? No, no. I They're going down to zero. I got to sell right now and get out. And folks, this, this happens all all the time. I don't understand it. The new generations of unwise folks, I just don't get it. Okay. It all starts with education, yeah. right? And we pride ourselves on trying to do that both on the radio show and also when in person when we meet clients. That's we spend some time kind of going through, you know, how the stock market works and yeah. how the bond market works and why, why does it do what it does and so that you kind of hopefully have an understanding so when things do go you know go south temporarily you have a why that is and and, then, and that it's part of the deal and then hopefully you can you can buy into that and if we're prepared for that and if we have contingency plans uh, then we should be we should be all, you know, we have a plan, and that's number one. There's a very famous survey that's ongoing in the financial industry. It's called the Dalbar Survey, D-A-L-B-A-R. Uh, Google it if you get bored, folks, and if you don't believe us. But the, the Dalbar Survey, it tracks investor behavior. And I like to say there's a difference between investment behavior and investor mm-hmm. behavior. And the difference is, okay, that investor, investors aren't doing the right thing most of the time. You know, if, as an example, 20 years ago, if you went to sleep and owned the S&P 500 and you woke up, it's probably worth a lot more than what, well, the 20-year number, what was that? I had that a little while ago. The 20-year number for the S&P was about 9.67% per year going backwards 20 years, roughly, folks. So if you were Rip Van Winkle and, 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 <laughs> bought, the, and bought the S&B 500 20 years ago yeah. and closed your eyes and went to sleep for 20 years and you woke up, you're in 9.67% per year. Yeah. Hello? Well, during that time, if you went to a doll bar survey, they updated every year. If you looked back, and they looked back at different periods of time, and, and what they do is they track invest. Meant behavior and invest 
door behavior. Well, I will guarantee you that if you look at the 20-year doll bar survey going backwards, in any year that you can find a doll bar service that said that, that the investor return will be less than the investment return. And, and so the, the question is, and I love the, the emphasis, so how is it possible that investor return cannot equal investment return? And it's really easy. Apparently, the investor was not in the investment for all of that time. And, and that's the whole point. People sell when things go down and they're cheap and they buy back in when they're expensive. That's, that's not a good way to have a sensible return. And it speaks to just time being one of the, the things that, that make all investment advisors and investors look smart. If you have enough of that, that's right. all. So I, pulled up the, I, I pulled up some numbers oh, good. From, from, what do you got? from the Dalbar study. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. So they have this is now this this particular. Yeah. What's the year? Because you. Yep. So it's thirty years. What's the date on the survey? Is it 2022, 2021? There's probably a date on it. This right? is twenty twenty two. Oh, perfect. So, okay. So Super. It, so it ends perfect. ends with December thirty first, twenty twenty one. Brilliant. All right. So so it was one one ninety two through twelve thirty one twenty one. Thirty years. So right. Thirty years. Yes. This particular this one that the first one I found out is for yeah. for an equity investor. So yeah. it's all stocks. All stocks. All that, stocks. That's what we're looking at. All right. So okay. what do you got? So the S and P five. 500 yeah. over that time frame earned 10.65%. That's the investment return. That's the S&P 500. Yeah. That's that's the box. Yeah. All right, the average equity fund investor 7.13. There you go. Door investment. So Folks, about a, about a 3.5% yeah, spread there. Yeah, what 3.5%. Inflation, pick pick whatever you want. Folks, 3.5% over 30 years is one whole lot of money. <laughs> They, of a thing. Their inflation figure for that period was 2.36. Ah, investor return. And the only way you get investment return, folks, is to, is to be in it. And we, we're not really good at doing that. Well, here, Can you get any other fun ones there? Well, well, so here, and if you want to put it into dollars. Okay, sure. Okay, all right, even so, better. So okay. they basically they said if you started with $100,000 yeah. 30 years ago. So if you had $100,000 30 years ago, yeah. if you had it, if you left it in the S&P 500, yeah. you've got Two million eighty-two thousand dollars. Yep. All right. Now the average equity fund investor mm. seven hundred eighty-nine thousand. <laughs> That's the three percent, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Think about that. So about eight hundred thousand versus two, you know, two million. Perfect. Thank you for pulling that out. So let me think about this. Twenty years ago. Okay. So let's. What's happened in twenty years? Hmm. We had that. We, that's just at the end of the 2000 debacle. So well, this we, one was 30 years. Okay. Th oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Perfect. 30 early, years. Early 90s. Even yeah. so, so, so this period of time, all you had to do is 30 years ago, write a check for whatever you had for your entire retirement plan for the S&P 500. And if it was $100,000, it's $2 million and change. And you went to sleep for 30 years. Okay? <laughs> People don't sleep. They wake up, they get nervous, and, and they sell. And then, it, okay. so, so, and what, you know, we had the big, two, right? So back in 2000, 2001, yeah. right? We had the big oh, dot-com the, the bubble, one. right? The big so one. You, so you had to stay put yeah. during that, Oh, right? my gosh. So that was a true test. Can't, that, can't do that. That was a test. And then 07, 08. Two right. 50%. Percenters, right, so there by were the way, two big two fifty percenters built into that, or right. down close to fifty percenters, and that's yep. and that's and that's a you know those are two big reasons yeah. why these yeah. numbers why there's such a big yeah. difference on these yeah. on these returns yeah. because people didn't didn't stay put. 
Yep, and, and, and so so the the point is, hopefully, you know, braver isn't as brave as it you sounded because maybe it's the smart thing to do when you start giving it a whole lot of thought. Well, stay tuned here. Anyway, so yeah, so the the doll bar survey, people almost always do the wrong thing at the wrong time unless they have some professional help. That would be my biased comment here, or unless they have a. A very good understanding of how the world works and are comfortable about that. So whatever, whatever. Okay, so let's see. What markets do is pretty much irrelevant. What people do around the markets, that's the one that'll kill you if you don't know what's going on. So from a a planning and a life kind of, uh, if, if you just can't deal with the risk of stocks, companies, and accept that earning a low perhaps negative real return. We talked about the three choices of return, mm-hmm. break even within taxes, inflation, shrink or grow. If you, if, you just, if you just can't deal with that and you're planning for retirement, so that's okay if you, if, if you understand that, but like here's how you'd have to deal with it, okay? So if, if you were about to retire, if, if the numbers didn't work, I guess you'd have to work longer. That that would be be one option, right? That's an option. Okay. I, I don't like that one. Is that? It? But that well, that's got some risk there, right? To your well-being emotionally, yeah. right, or yep. something. Okay. So well, or let's see. If I don't like that, that I, I'm I'm going to take less out of my retirement plan. I'll just I'll just do with less. Mm. How about that one? No, I don't like that one either. No, no. Okay, well, then I'll work part time. Mm, Maybe. May not thrilled about yeah. that though, right? Yeah. I was. I was thinking I'd like to leave the kids some money, but the heck with that. Okay, I, I need to worry about myself because I'm a conservative person. You got to well, prioritize. Yeah, yeah, folks, just think about that. So are those risks? They didn't show up on your risk questionnaire if you took one on your investment portfolio. But, you know, having to work a few years longer if your health is failing or you hate it or it was stressful or doing some part-time work as opposed to having fun or having much less fun mm-hmm. okay than your plan because you can't afford it or not leaving your kids as much as you hope do, do you view those as any any risks i i think i think so mm-hmm. and and if people had the perspective to look at what their lives would look like if you did this over on the investment side or what your lives would look like if you did that over on the investment side, that, well, at least they'd have more information before they made the decision sort of a thing. But who who does that? You got you to start with your goals. Yeah, yeah. Start yeah. with your goals. Yeah. Prior- oh, no, we just talk about money. We don't <laughs> talk about people's lives here. Think about the financial talk shows that just talk about pure old money. Yeah. I, I, you know, forget, whatever. Folks, Money's a part of your life, but your life is a part of your money, and, and they relate. And if you don't take some risk with your money, you may be taking some risk with your life that you're not happy about. Okay, we don't, we don't judge that, but if you have enough information to decide, go for it. That's my point, but the, m- most people don't. There's, there's always a risk, that, yeah. and it's understanding what all the risks are. That, that's, that, that's, that's why that, we're that's, doing That's what the show is, right? Yeah, understanding and, all the risks. And of, it ain't just about your money. You know, it's about your life and how it relates to your money, and, you know, is that a risk too sort of a thing? So, okay, that's just, just how it is. So, in risk that you're taking, hopefully you're in a position to be, in a good position to be able to take that risk because it certainly is a little bit less stressful. If you didn't have any emergency reserves and or if you retired and didn't have any in, income set aside for the future, I can understand how you could be very nervous. Well, well, by the way, so that, that kind of recycles all the way around to, so like what's the best thing that you can do, okay, with all of this? And this is, this is the biggie. 
you can live within your means. Mm. I was yes. Okay, that's you know exactly what I was going to say. Go, so go yeah. for it. You talk. Go ahead. Well, <clears throat> when we meet people and when they come in for the first time, they say, "Okay, here's what we have." You know, we kind of look at what do they have for savings, right? And what do they have for income? And then we look at their expenses. And I'm conservative, by the way. And, and you're conservative. <laughs> and sometimes we'll see a differential. Will it be their income is more than their their expenses, right? Mm. Which looks good on paper. And then we have a conversation. They're like, well, that may be the case. That may not, may not be the case. But then there are people that truly, that's true, right? Where they're actually, they accumulate quite a bit, quite a bit of money, where they're yep. saving a lot of money. And... Even if even if those people maybe don't earn quote unquote a lot of money, they can those people tend to be the most successful yeah. because they found a way to live their life on what they earn on, on what they earn and save yeah. and save along the way. Let me and, get my pencil out for that. Yeah, yeah. take a note about that. You know? And yeah. because that it's they've created a good habit, right? They've they've created this habit that they then continue on into retirement. And and so so even if their savings maybe aren't as large as somebody else, it doesn't matter yeah. because they have they have found a way to live on that throughout their lives, and they're and they're perfectly happy doing it in retirement. So they can live on you know social security or if they have a pension, and then and then there's people people that have. <laughs> You know, they've, they've saved money in their IRAs yeah. and then they have to start taking it out at 72 and they're like, I don't, you know, I don't need this money. I don't, I don't yeah. want this money. Yeah. And, and they kind of, you know, they don't like that yeah. because they, you know, they just, they found a way yeah. to do it. And that is, that is the, that is the secret to, to financial it, success. It sounds it, so simple, but it, it's, it's so hard to do. That's uh, it. You, I mean, you know, you could have the best investment in the world and earn 15% a year. I'm making this up, folks. But if you save $2 a month on your 401k, you're probably not getting there. You know, and, and by the way, you could have the worst investment in the world. And if you save 10 grand a month, you could forever for 30 years, you could probably put it under your mattress and be okay. So, you know, one of the things about investing and what you have to earn it. It sort of relates to what you're spending <laughs> but by a whole bunch. And, you know, how does that work? You know, if, if you've always had practice living within your means, what's that mean? It means after you take your income, pay your taxes, put a few bucks in a retirement plan, save a bit for college, you live on what's left and, and no more. That covers everything. Right. That's a tall order for, unfortunately, a lot of folks. You know, d debt is okay yep. in, in some respects. Having a mortgage is certainly understandable. Having a car payment is, is, is certainly understandable. Having college debt is understandable, but you need to plan for how to manage those things so that you can afford so that you can afford the rest of your life and save money because if you can't save money because of all of your debts well then that's that's not a good place to yep. be so i think well we've got a minute or why don't you go for the grand summary take your time well oh or, or i guess we have music right now but basically your summary here says living a financially sound life and retiring comfortably is becoming more difficult every day this is a plug for having a financial plan in place, right? So that's our that's our one commercial for the day. There you go. You know, have a financial plan. Yeah. All right, you've been listening to McNamara on Money. This is Kirk Reed and Mike McNamara. Uh, enjoy the uh, long weekend.